0: This podcast is brought to you by Matt Bullen and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. So glad you guys are here with us tonight. This is uh, truly an honor. I always love getting a chance to come in here and share my heart with you guys. And so, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Matt Bullen. I'm one of the uh, board members here. I used to be on staff. And so, it's always an honor to get a chance to come back here and speak and see and see from this perspective. And so, uh, Tonight we're going to go over a couple of things, but I want to do this first and foremost. If you have not, if you didn't bring your Bible and you want to flip through the Scriptures, which I highly encourage, if you would lift your hand up in the air, the ushers would love to get you a Bible in your hands so that you can follow along. I think it's one of the best things that we can do is to bring our Bible to church. And some of you may say, well, I click my Bible. Well, that's okay. But it is good to have a handheld something here where you're actually turning pages. It changes the way you see and do those things. So if you need a Bible, lift your hand up in the air. And uh, we are going to go ahead and receive our tithes and offerings. So we're going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Pastor Stormy has been talking over the past couple of weeks, I think it's the last five weeks on Wednesday nights, teaching us and helping us to understand the value and the importance of tithing. And I I 100% agree in everything that he says with tithing. I can tell you this, before I was a Christian, I didn't tithe. I I wasn't just sitting here saying, hey, I think I'm just going to give my money away. When I became a Christian... It took me a little while to understand the value of it. But I can still remember the very first time that I really, truly started tithing and how my life has forever changed. I can sit back and I can point at thing after thing and blessing after blessing that have come into my life and I 100% attribute it right back to what the Lord says because the word is true. And I think that's what pastor was teaching us and helping us to understand is that the value of the tithe in each and every one of our lives. And so tonight I want to talk to you about this incredible perspective. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six, it says this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And I, and I love this next thing, the beginning of uh, verse seven, it says, you must each decide in your heart. See, as he continues to go down that line and and walk us down this path, it's a different mindset. Because what it's basically saying is, here's the scripture, much like here's a mirror. Now you decide what you're going to do with it. See, if I walk to a mirror and I say, my hair's not messed up. And I look in the mirror and it says it's messed up. And I said, that mirror's not telling the truth. Many of you look at me and go, what the heck is wrong with you? Why didn't you look in the mirror? And I said, I did look in the mirror, but it wasn't telling me the truth. My hair's fine. And you're like, no, your hair's not fine. Well, what it comes back down to is this. We have to look at this scripture. We have to understand it's a reflection of our heart. And so if I can't truly look at this and say, how does this describe me? Then I'm not really trusting what the mirror is saying about me. And so this is a decision we have to choose to make. And remember this, that's the key part. Remember this. A generous farmer will have generous crops. A stingy farmer will have stingy crops. And a farmer who plants nothing, they'll have nothing. That's what it comes back down to. And so um, I forgot to cover this, but I do want to remind you, if you are giving tonight, the sea are right there in front of you. Go ahead and fill those out. And the ushers are going to come down and receive those. So let's go ahead and pray as we receive this word. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, so much for the tithe. I thank you for the opportunities and the blessings that we have to honor you. I thank you, Lord, that this scripture is a teaching unto us. Father, a mirror that would show us in what we're doing. And so, Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in each and every one of our lives. I ask, Father, that you would bless, lead, guide, and encourage all those that give tonight. Father, let them be faithful in everything that they do. And, Father, I pray that you would show yourself so true and so real in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I do want to remind you, you know, with technology today, it is amazing what you can do. Um, You know, I used to love filling out these uh, envelopes every week and putting my tithe in there and doing all that stuff. But I got to be honest with you. I really like the fact that I can go online and click on my giving profile and I can give. So I can look in my bank account and I can see a paycheck that comes in. And the very next thing it says FCFC. And it's my tithe that comes right back out. And I love the fact that we can get that done super quick. We can get that done and taken care of. So I just encourage you, venture out. Take advantage of some of those things because it makes it real easy. Sometimes it's just, it is nice to put it in here and drop it in the bucket. And so I just encourage you, continue to change, you know, even even the thinking. That's what the Bible teaches us to do. Continue to adapt into God's world, not what the world says God should be. And so it's a good choice on there. So a couple of announcements I want to remind you of this. The taco plate uh, and the grills, you saw the video on it. Those tickets are for sale. Remember, September 11th will be the last time that you can pick those up. This is an incredible way to help our families get to Awaken this year. This is, this is such an incredible blessing. I, I love the fact because when they come back from Awaken, when, when the women come back and they're talking and they're sharing their stories in their hearts, I'm telling you, lives, families, everything's changed. And so it's an incredible opportunity for us to say, you know what? It's really good food. I've got it every year. I'm telling you, it's great food. And then you get an opportunity to sew that into, this, uh, into these incredible ladies and into families. And so I just encourage you, take advantage of it. $7 a plate, you're going, well, I'm not sure. Go anywhere. You can't buy lunch for $7. Well, I guess off the dollar menu, but that's okay. We're going to say you got seven things off the dollar menu. But um, this is what I want you to do. The other thing is the raffle. Man, that's an incredible grill out there. That thing, you, if you get online and watch some of the videos on that, I'm telling you, it can do some amazing things. So I encourage you, take advantage of it. Put $10 towards it, put $20, put 100 A 1000 whatever you want to do. I just encourage you to be a part of that. I want to remind you, uh, partnerships coming up um, on September, September 11th, the partnership class on September, it's a big day, September 11th, not only for America, but also here. Um, Awaken prices will go up. And then I want to remind you, youth crews will meet this Sunday night. And so we've got a lot of good things happening. And so I I just encourage you to take advantage of everything that we do here at the church. Stay connected through our app. Stay connected online. There's a lot of great things happening with us all the time. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into the message. If you're taking notes tonight, the title of the message is Perspective is All It Takes. And my wife doesn't like this too much, but I'm going to do it anyways. So we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 1. And then to help you out, put your marker at 1 Samuel chapter 17. Because that's where we're going to be tonight. It's going to be really easy on those things like that. But let's start in Proverbs chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and get to there. I want you to think about perspective. A lot of times in life, we do everything based on what we see and how we feel, what we think and how we interpret it. But I want you to think, there's always a different perspective. I remember years ago, there was a study done at a uh, uh, college. I think I've shared this story before, but it's a great way to remember it. And, and this college professor had an actor come running in. Now, the, the students didn't know anything about this. So he has it just like this, where it's a big auditorium, and everybody's in there. The, the uh, professor standing down at the front and this guy bursts in from the back, runs down the stairs, starts yelling at the professor and he's going, what do you mean? What do you mean? The guy comes up and just knocks him, just drills him. Professor goes back. He's laying on the ground. The guy screams at him a little bit more and runs out. Now fast forward a little bit. The next class comes about and they said, I want you to write down your perspective of what just happened in our last class. Tell me everything that you saw from how it happened, what you were doing, what went through. And so they started looking at it. Well, this section that was far over here, they start telling about a man who came running through the doors. They ran right down the side of him, and they came up, and he punched the professor right in the face. The next one said a very similar story. It started getting farther over. The perspective started changing. This perspective was the man came in, but... The thing I saw before is he kept poking his head in to see if it was time to come. It looked like it was staged. And then when they came running down, it looked like the professor got hit. But I think he didn't hit, really hit him. I think it was an act. And then you went to the far section over here that saw it different. And he said, this perspective over here says the man came running in and they ran down there. And you could tell it was an act because the way that he was smiling is he was yelling at the professor. And he said the only other thing is, he said when he went to punch him, he missed him by six inches. When he went to punch him, the professor laid back like this and the arm came running through. He said, I don't know why the professor laid on the ground and acted like he was hurt. All of a sudden, perspective changed. These people swore up and down. He got punched in the face when these guys are sitting over here saying, didn't happen. So what's reality? Are these guys right? Or are these guys right? See, it's all about perspective and how we see things. That's why the Lord teaches us in uh, Romans chapter 12, it says, do not conform to this world any longer, but transform by the way that you think to do my will. See, this is what it comes back down to. If I can't change this, I'm gonna have a hard time changing this. You know, the Bible talks about it's from the mouth that we confess he's Lord, but it's in our heart that we believe. It starts here, But if I can't change here too, man, it starts to adapt everything in our lives. And so I want you to think about this. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. It says, This fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And I want you to think about that. I want to pray one more time. I want to ask the Lord to give me some clear direction on some of this, because there's some things that He's got in my heart for me right now. And I want to ask Him to help me to share those things. So let's pray, Father. We come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for its truth in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would help me to speak this message. Father, that you would share it directly with the hearts that are in here. I pray, Father, that hearts and ears would be open to receive your word tonight. I pray, Father, that our perspective on our situations, on the things that are going on, Father, let them be changed forever. To see like you see, Father. To think like you think. To love like you love. Father, just as we were even singing during praise and worship, to know the goodness of you, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. I ask, Father, that you would bless, lead, guide, and encourage us tonight, Father. Lead me and teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to remember this scripture. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. I love that statement. Because that gives such an incredible perspective of who we are and what we need to do. Now, we have to understand this, that God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. We have a calling in this life. As I was studying this and kind of going through this, I started thinking about my calling and how it's adapted over the years. When I was young, I told everybody I was going to be a teacher and a coach. Well, after I played professional sports, I was going to go be a teacher and a coach. And I told people that my whole life. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so after college, I I went to college, had an opportunity to play baseball after that. I played a little bit of baseball after college. And then I retired, and I went on to my next adventure, thinking it was going to be teaching and coaching, but in turn, it turned into becoming a pastor. I was with the youth ministry for many years and then moved up and, and was with the adults for many years here. I worked nine years here at the church before transitioning to my next position, which has been an amazing adventure. And this is the thing that I want you to understand about this is every one of us have a calling and a purpose in our lives. And those things change and affect who we are. Because every day you have to make a decision. That's why the Bible says, pick up your cross daily. Because remember this, it's very easy to get turned if I don't stay connected and my eyes focused on the Lord. See, there's a lot of people in our lives that wanna give us a lot of their opinions. And those opinions sometimes are helpful, Sometimes they're harm. Sometimes they create issues within us. And this is what we have to come back to, is we have to understand we have a calling from him, not from them. See, that's the key. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And this is what it comes back down to. I want you to hear this out of the, uh, the Passion Translation. And it says this, How then does a man gain the essence of wisdom? We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this. For they scorn true wisdom and knowledge, the wisdom of a father. Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words and never forget your mother's instructions. For their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reign to guide your decisions. See, true obedience starts with devotion to God. These are the things that we have to go through and we have to understand. In Psalms 119, verse 105, out of the Passion Passion Translation, it says, truth's shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. See, truth's shining light. This is what it comes back down to. When we have this perspective in our life, The word of God, let it be a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. See, as it continues to go, it says the revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. See, so many people in life want to understand, well, what has God called me to do? What has God called me to do? Well, I can't 100% give you the exact answer, but I can tell you this. I know who can, and that's him. See, what it's coming back down to is if I'll study the word, if I'll have true fear, which is not like a scared thing, but a reverential fear, understanding that, you know what? I have a father in heaven who I want to honor with all of my heart. And when I choose to honor him, he sees it. Even when I make a mistake, even when I mess up, he still knows my heart behind it. See, that's where true knowledge starts flowing because then when I rely and I'm obedient unto him, man, it changes everything because on your own, you can do small little things. I remember when my daughter was very little and I've shared this before, but it was, she, she would walk downstairs and when she would do this on her own and she had just learned to walk and she would do this, she would go, she would grab the rail and she would like, you know, barely get down there and she would take so long to get down the stairs, but she learned something very quickly. She learned that if dad was there, I have nothing to fear. And I learned this very quickly that she was fearless when I was around because she would stand at the top of the stairs and do this. And she would stand and she would wait. And I'd be down at the other end of the hallway and she'd say, Dada. And she'd stand and wait just like this. And I'd come around the corner and I'd grab her hand and she would take off. I mean, she was gone. She was jumping downstairs. She'd take off. She'd miss the first one, hit the second, hit the third. She'd jump all the way. We had a landing that was down there. Man, her goal was to jump from the top to the bottom. She was two. And I'm going, whoa. I'm grabbing her in the air saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's slow down a little bit. Let's just take it step by step. Let's take a moment by moment. See, a lot of times we try to live life on our own and we're much like my daughter was. Very timid in taking those steps because we're not sure if God is truly gonna be there. But when you know that you know that you've got the creator of the world, the creator of all standing right there next to you holding your hand, talk about the boldness and courage you have in your life at that point. You're ready to take on whatever, whenever, however, because I know this, I got the right man sitting right by me. And this is what it comes back down to. When you walk out these decisions, it changes everything. Everything about your life you know, when I accepted Jesus into my life, it changed my path. What I originally thought was going to be my source, my fulfillment, my thing that I was desiring so much that I thought if I could just get this thing, my life would be good. My life would be right. My life would be fulfilled. Well, I can tell you this. There is nothing that fits the peace that God is except God himself. One of the things I love to do is puzzles with my daughter. And some of the puzzles we do are really tough. And they're, they're tough to find the pieces. And sometimes you, wanna, you get frustrated and you try to think, this, is, this piece goes right here. And it doesn't fit just right. So you just kind of push a little bit harder. And, and then you, you hope it goes in there. And it never looks right. You know, it's got a little gap in there. And you're like, it doesn't, doesn't look right. Until finally at the end of the puzzle when you're looking, you're like, that just doesn't look right. And you take that piece and you move it to where it's meant to be. And you put the piece that was meant to be there in there and all of a sudden the picture comes clear. See, you know, that's what we do in life sometimes. We push hard to try to make it our way, try to make it the way that we think it needs to be right now instead of following the path that God has set before us. See, this is the same thing that happened to me. When I learned about who God was and who Jesus is in my life and how much he loved me, man, it changed everything. It changed where my standards were set. See, I didn't set my standards by the world. I set my standards by God himself. Because the great thing about it, the world's forever changing. I can remember back when when it was a big deal that, that a husband and wife slept in the same bed. You know, you go back to Leave at the Beaver and Mr. and Mrs. are sleeping in two twin beds on either side of the room. And you're going, this is controversial that they're in the same room. And you look at today, See, here's the deal. When you set the standards to the world, they're forever changing. That line keeps going and going and going. But the great thing about the Lord, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same standards that Jesus lived up to, the same standards that Paul lived up to, are the same standards that he's asking us to live to. And we can do it when we rely on the Lord And this is what I want you to understand about. Tonight, I want to talk a little bit about the story of David versus Goliath. But I don't want to get too much into the end of the story. I want to walk through the perspective David had to go through before it ever started. So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and flip it over to 1 Samuel chapter 17. You know, sometimes we have this mindset You know, and I do this too. I'll get to stories and I'll be like, oh, if I was sitting in this audience today and I heard, oh, we're talking about David and Goliath. I'm like, shh, I've heard this. I've heard this my whole life. I can tell you what happens. David, he was small. Goliath's big. He gets these stones. He hits him in the head and he cuts his head off. Done. What else you got? You know, when I come in with that mindset, you're never going to grow because you already know everything you need to know which means you don't need to be here and you don't need to grow. But when I come in with a mindset and saying, huh, I wonder what kind of perspective we're gonna learn about today, it changes everything. So sometimes in my life, when I read the word, I'm like, oh, I've read this because I've read through this book many times. My goal about, started about 12 years ago was to read this book every year, read through it every year. I've read through it over 12 times. So when I get to stuff like this, my mind, my first thought is, I've read this. I don't need to read it again. And sometimes I'll try to skim through it and I'll be like, whoa, I need to slow back down. Because this scripture is important right here. This is what I need to read today. And so I want to talk to you about this, this perspective. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 1, it says, The Philistines now mustered their armies for battle and camped between that town and Judah and Hezekiah at the Ephes. Domini. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Anyways, this is the important part. Saul so all count countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. So the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. You know what's really cool? I was really blessed this last year to get a chance to go to Israel. And it's amazing because this word becomes so alive because you're sitting here thinking, oh yeah, you know, I've got a hill here and a hill here. You know, we're thinking like Lubbock, like here's a hill, here's a hill. Like I'm on a hill in Lubbock right now. You know, like this is a hill. And, and when you go to Israel, you realize everything is so deep and there's val When they talk about valleys, they're talking valleys. I mean, they got mountain to valley and then the mountain right next to it. The pictures are amazing and it comes so alive. And so I can imagine what's happening. You've got one army on one side of the hill. What they're talking about is one side of the mountain. There's a valley that's in between. And then on the other side is where the Israelites are. So they're standing on opposite sides. So you've got to imagine this. They're looking at each other every single moment. And you've always got, when you're the higher, you've got an advantage on those that are lower. That's why they stayed high on the hills and they fought in the valleys. Because if they tried to go up the hill, that's when they can easily attack them while they're coming up. So you always want to have the higher, the higher ground. And so here it is, he's coming through. And it says, Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks and faced the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet with a bronze coat of Maul, weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him, carrying a shield. This dude was big. And you've got to imagine, here's what happened. He would start in his camp and he would walk all the way down the hill to the valley. And he would look over at the Israelites and he would yell at them. And he would say, anybody who wants to come out here and fight me, bring it on because I'm the champion. You defeat me, all of them, they'll surrender to you. But if I defeat you, the rest of your army must come And bow before me. See, what he was saying is basically it's a one on one match, whoever wins, winner takes all. So he was saying, I'm all in. Are you? Are you? And so he continues to go back through this and he's walking through and he continues to just basically make fun of the Israelites. You know, sometimes in our lives we face an enemy that we don't think we can defeat. Sometimes in your life, you're facing things that you're not sure that you have the ability to win this match. See, when you read this story, many times you you read it and you understand that Goliath came out day after day after day saying the same thing. I thought you were Christians. I thought you believed in God. I thought you were something big. But apparently you're not because here I am again putting myself out here. But you're unwilling to be faithful Put yourself out here. Making fun of them. And all they did was they just hid in their camp day after day after day. See, sometimes your enemy may look bigger, may look stronger, may look better than you. That doesn't give us the right perspective. See, too many times we see the mountain that's standing in front of us and miss the midst of God. That is standing before us. Because we get focused on the mountain instead of God. And it's all about perspective. When I focus on God, that mountain becomes very small. We've got to understand that it's a difference in what we do. We have to forget that the perspective says you're going to lose. And we've got to look at God's perspective that says, oh, that's a pretty small little guy right there. He's nothing compared to my God. See, too many times we have this stain. You know, when you talk about God, one of the names he uses is I am. But too many times we put the word only behind that statement. See, God never added anything. He didn't add a third name. He said I am. Period. We've got to stop saying I am only. I think you can do this, but I'm not sure if you can do that. God, I know you've gotten me to this point, but I'm not sure you can get me from this point to that point. See, God said, I am. I am the great I am. There is nothing greater. I am the great I am, period. See, when you have that faith and that boldness and that understanding, it changes everything. It's much like David. Listen to what he starts to go through. When we start to understand this, I love this statement. I read this earlier and I thought it was great. God's name is I am. So when you put only after it, you devalue the divine within you. See, when we take that, it changes everything about who God is. So listen to how David deals with this. Verse 22, we're going to skip around for just a minute. It says this. So here it is. David gets sent out there. So for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion has come out. Okay, So David's dad sends him out there to check on his brothers. So he sends him out there. David gets out there. So he's already, he's he's left his sheep. He's done all these things. He's gotten out there. And in verse 22, it says, David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. Verse 23, as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out to the Philistine ranks. And then David heard him shout his usual taunts to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelites saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant, the man asked? He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. Now, that sounds good. I don't know about you, but that sounds really good. I don't know about the wife thing, but the no taxes, I'm in on that. I got a great wife. I don't need anyone. And so this is what it comes back. See, a lot of times we get around people and they describe how big the enemy is instead of how big our God is. What was the first response that those guys had? They ran. They ran. For 40 days, they've seen the same thing and they've reacted the exact same way. Thinking something's gonna change, it's never gonna change until you're willing to step up and make a change. So what it comes back down to, these guys for 40 days have heard the same thing. They've heard it, they've heard it, they've heard it. And sometimes you're gonna hear people around you, they're gonna talk about how bad things are about how bad the world is, about how bad your situation is, how bad these things are. And all of a sudden, you've got to make a decision. Are you going to choose to receive what they're saying? Or are you going to choose to receive what the word says? That you're an overcomer. That you're the head and not the tail. That you are above and not beneath. That everything you put your hand to, it's prospering. Why? Because of him, not because of me. See, if I listen to the people around me, they'll tell me how bad I am. About all the mistakes I've done. About all these other things. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop believing I'm an overcomer. I'm going to start believing that I'm a failure. I've got to make a decision. I'm not a failure. I'm an overcomer. So when I look at myself in the mirror, I've got to see who I am, just like David did. See, he looked and he saw and he said, why is this guy talking? All these others said, well, because he's really big. That doesn't matter. Why is he talking? Well, he's really strong. That doesn't matter. Why is he still talking? Well, because of this. You can come up with any excuse you want. See, a lot of times we focus on the problem and it changes everything. David changes his whole mindset and he gets to this attitude. Verse 28, it says, but when David's older brother, Eli, Eli, Elib, sorry, heard heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyways, he demanded. What about those few sheep? See, you're supposed to be taken care of. I know your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. See, David's faced with a choice right now. How many times have you ever tried to stand up for what God's doing and all of a sudden somebody you think is on your side starts either making fun of you or deterring you from what you should be doing? See, we've got to make a decision. Am I going to follow through with the enemy God's put in front of me to defeat? Or am I going to get caught up fighting and bickering with the people that are supposed to be on my side? See, that's what happens. We get too focused on us instead of standing up and doing everything we can to honor God and watch him do this through us. See, the enemy's goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10.10 teaches us that. So you don't think he can work through some of us? Peter stood before Jesus. The man who had walked with Jesus the whole time stood before him and said, Lord, that will never happen to you. And Jesus looked at him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. A man who was standing right in front of Jesus was used by the enemy. You can't tell me that that won't happen with your own team. See, here it is. David's supposed to stand up and fight Goliath. But his brother starts making fun of him and telling him, You shouldn't even be here. You should be back with your sheep. Now he's got to make a decision. What are you going to do in this moment? You can fight with your brother, you can justify everything that you're doing. You can get caught up in the moment and think this is more important than the battle that's in front of me. But watch what David does. David responds, verse 29 says, what have I done now? David responded, I'm only asking a question. You want to know what to do when you've got enemies on your own team? Verse 30, he walked over to some others. What did he do? He got away from those that are around him. He walked over to others and he asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. See, here's what's happening. The enemy's not just gonna attack you by sending somebody out that you have to face. He's also gonna attack you with the people who are supposed to care and love for you the most. Who was it that attacked David and made fun of him? It's his brother, the one who's supposed to have his back. The one that's family's tighter than anything, right? See, sometimes you're gonna have to leave the people around you in order to follow what God's calling is for you. It's not for them, it's for you. This is what it's coming back down to. Verse 32, it says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. But you're a little boy. That was basically what he said. You can't fight him, you're small, you're little. You can't, you can't, you can't. The Bible teaches me, do not despise the youth. You know what? Stop looking at how little they are and start looking at how big this is. This is what it came back down to. He may have looked little, but his heart was huge. He knew that he knew. I love his statement. It says Saul reports back. It says, Do not be, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. Skip down to verse 34. David protested. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the draw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. I don't know. I've never noticed that before. Did you notice it's plural? I have done this to both lions, not just one, multiple, and bears. And I love his statement. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. Because I know how big my God is. See, this is what it comes back down to. And many of you know the rest of the story. He goes out there. He tries to put on Saul's uniform. Saul said, here, wear my stuff out there. David goes and he puts it on and he starts to walk around and he can't move. He takes everything off. He picks up five stones. And he says, this is all I need to beat beat him. This is all I need. See, too many times in life, here's how you're going to be attacked. You'll have an enemy that's before you, a problem. You're going to have people that are on your side. They're going to try to get you off what you're called to do. The second thing, they may send somebody into your life, somebody high, somebody very important. And they're going to try to say, okay, but this is how you need to do it. See, it's interesting that David was okay when he fought those lions and bears his way. But against this Philistine, he's going to have to fight him Saul's way. You've got to make a decision. Who are you going to be? See, David's best David is David. David's best David is not Saul. That's the decision he had to choose to make. I can't fight this way. The best way I can be is to be me. See, that's the decision you have to make. That's what David did. So he looked at Saul and said, I can't do this. He picked up five smooth stones. He walked out there. He told him and he said, my God will defeat you. He stood up and he threw those stones. He hit the first one. It says it sunk into his forehead. It knocked him off his feet that he went over there. He grabbed his sword and he cut his head off. And he carried that trophy with him mile after mile. Now you may sit there and say, what does this have to do with me? The thing I want you to understand about this is, That at the very end of this, David shows that by being himself, he can always be a champion. You know what? You and I are called to be champions. Here's what we need to know about the fight. Number one is always know who's on your side. You've got the creator of all, the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and the king of kings that is standing right by you. Know who is on your side. Number two is always know who you are. You are an overcomer. You are not a failure. You are not defeated. You are nothing other than a child of the Most High. And you know what the Child of the Most High does? He sits on thrones. She carries crowns on her head. We are victors, not victims. That's the choice we have to choose. The number three is this. Always stand up as you do in everything you do, stand firm and know that you know that I am called to do this right now. That's the decision you choose to make. That's what David teaches me through this, is that no matter who's around him, no matter what's happening, he's going to be who he is because that's the best he that he can be. That's the choice we have to choose to make. And so I want you to understand this. In order to win the battle, you need to know who you are. You need, you need to know who created you. You need, you need to know the weapons that you've got on your side. That's all found right here. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.